Welcome to the Keys to the Lodge, an Australian political news podcast. Each episode, we'll be tracking what's happening in Australian politics in the lead up to the 2019 federal election using our Australian news politics aggregator, Ospolstats, which can be found at Ospolstats on Twitter and at Ospolstats.com. At this stage, I'd like to welcome my co-host, Andy. Welcome. Mikey, how are you? It's good to be here. Another strange month in Australian politics. It's been some scandals. There's been some fights. As always. And that's why we keep coming back. Yeah. Beautiful. Actual fights. <laughs> Literal punch-ons punch in Parliament House. Yeah. <laughs> not that we condone that and not that I've ever been in my fight myself. I'm far too afraid of my, <laughs> my beautiful face. Well, for my beautiful face to do something like that. But if other people, fully grown adults, yep. want to hit each other over alleged sex scandals... Let them go for it, I say. I fully condone it. All right, Mikey, let's get into it. <laughs> All right, what an intro. Mikey. It's it's long, but it really, I feel in the groove now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> Mikey, question of the week. How much news has there been? It's a very good question, Andrew, and I think it's a pertinent question for this week because in the last two or three weeks, there has been a heap of Australian politics news. We're up to over 2,000, 2,500 articles a week from the previous benchmark of sort of the status quo for a good week, which is about 1,500 articles. So we've ratcheted up 50%, right? (laughs) You reckon there's an election coming? Oh, yeah, Mikey. I reckon the... uh... The, ki- the heat in the kitchen is being turned on. Oh yeah, and and the and and the uh, politician, oh sorry, the journalists, they're responding to that heat. <laughs> oh yeah, the newsroom. Okay, Scummo is out there, pounding the flesh. Yeah, yeah, talking the talk, all of that stuff. So it's 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 bloke and the bloke. It's clearly time to be doing a politics about uh, a podcast about Australian politics, and here we are. <laughs> So, with all of these articles, Andy, what's been in the news? What is what is on the front pages the last couple of weeks? So, the last podcast we recorded was the start of February, so around three weeks ago. So, in the last three weeks, I'd say there's been uh, there's been a couple of, of stories. The, the biggest one, I think, has been the Royal Commission. There's been a lot of news on the Royal Commission. Into there's the some banks. some keywords that be, we're pulling out here. Uh, into the banks. Yeah. That one. The Royal Banking Commission. Mm. Uh, the key words are things like financial misconduct, uh, D-Day, <laughs> uh, recommendations, inquiry. Um, there's some there's some definite uh, negative tones coming out. Story number two, more recently, has been around the medical evacuation bill to do with Nauru and yep. to do with how refugees are brought to Australia and how they are treated. Uh, that's been the, the other big story. And then there's been some kind of floating around with Senate news with punch-ons. Uh, <laughs> Milk has had a, d- a day or two in the sun around Labor legislation to do with that. But I'd say that those are the, the main things that have been coming out over the last couple of weeks. Good, good. And and how do we feel about them in terms of election issues? Is this is this what we mm. would sort of stuff we would be expecting running into election? Or you reckon this is kind of status quo? I think... I think absolutely. This is there's nothing new here. There is a 
I mean, the the medical evac stuff is kind of has been running for fifteen years since <laughs> children overboard, mm. and will continue to run all the way through this election. I think the Liberal Party sees this as a winning issue, and the Labor Party is kind of, I think, a little bit afraid of of this, whether or not that's you know fair or not. But they're kind of. It's been in the news a lot. Uh, the Liberals are hammering it as an issue because they, you know, see it as a winning issue for them. So that that's one. Uh, I think the Royal Commission was probably the other way around. Labor sees that as a winning issue and they've been really hammering that. Uh, the Liberals resisted the calls for the Royal Commission, said that it wasn't needed, kind of poo-pooed the idea for a couple of years and then got their arm twisted into it. And then all the reports came out and they were not uh, not friendly to the, the banking sector. And, say, uh, I, think. I think they got a bit of egg on their face over that. So well, I'd say yeah, it's yeah, uh, yeah, probably... You saw the backflip on that when then you had people like ScoMo coming out in the media and bragging about how they were the ones who who uh, initiated the Royal Commission, something that they fought yeah. tooth and nail to avoid for two and a half years. <laughs> yeah, correct. So I think that's probably a pretty transparent story there. I think, <laughs> I think that's a bit of a hard sell for them, but... Um, yeah, equally, I think that the uh, they'll they'll each be focusing on that going into the election. Liberals are running on boats, and the Labor Party's running on banks. Hmm. So I suspect that we will see more of these two issues. Yeah, I think it's also interesting from my perspective. If you look at the if you look at the keywords that are coming through, it is kind of hmm. becoming a bit pointed. Where you have these little pockets of a couple of days where you have milk pop up, for example, and I think that's yeah the start of a trend we're going to see coming into the election where it is really... Yeah, there are specific know, policy ideas are, being discussed. Exactly, coming out, being floated, stuff around Tasmania and trees and forestry and all sorts of things like yep. that that are, that are popping up as, as sort of specific issues, which I don't think you normally see come sort of mid-election cycle. It's really no. signs that we are coming towards a crescendo here. Yeah, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that rolls on, but I suspect that we'll get some more of that. Uh, Mikey, who's who's been in the news? This is a really interesting one. So if you go to Ospol Stats on Twitter, um, you're going to find on a Sunday our network diagrams, and what these basically we track the um, politicians who uh, appear in articles together, um, and we mm-hmm. look at you know pairing them up and then seeing who's in the news together. And from that, you can sort of build this diagram of, of what's going on. And, and what I've seen in the last couple of weeks, because we sort of detrend these to the long term. So you're really seeing what's different this week compared to what we see typically. And for the last yep. two weeks, what I've really noticed in these is you've got all of the, the major, well, a bunch of the major players in the, ma- in the major party, in the two in the Liberal and the Labour Party are really ratcheting it up. You can see ScoMo, Shorto, Dutto, um, Christopher Pine. They're all there having having a red-hot go at it in the middle. What I mm. think is really interesting is surrounding that, you're seeing a lot of actually not really the, the second tier of the party, um, those parties, but actually a lot of the independents and the Greens are really having big weeks in the media. So I think that's super interesting. I do notice that there's a very thick link in these network diagrams between Brian Burston and Pauline Hanson, which... (laughs) (laughs) I wonder why that could be. (laughs) 
<laughs> I think it's pretty funny after a bit of a spat around them. For those who don't um, know, Brian Burston had a punch on with Pauline Hanson's chief of staff, right? Yeah, correct. In Parliament, and, and Pauline Hanson's chief of staff got kicked out of the building. It's a good gag. Oh, yeah. It's a good gag. It's a good way to end the week. It's, um, it's not really behaviour fitting of the Australian Parliament, and I think it was right that sort of pretty hard line was drawn on that one. But interesting stuff nonetheless. Clearly, things are on a bit of a knife edge in uh, some parts of <laughs> some parts of Australia. Things are getting headed. All right. Well, what about specific politicians? You've kind of mentioned uh, the out uh, the outliers, the independents kind of sitting around. Is there anyone else that jumps out at you as being in the news? Funny you should say that, Andy. There is one person I would like to call out that... I think is interesting because of where they sit in these diagrams and that is very far from the centre, not really in the thick mm. of it at all. And that's one Mr Josh Frydenberg, Deputy Leader of the Liberal Party, Deputy PM. And Treasurer. Tre- Australian Treasurer, not in the news at all the last couple of weeks. Off to the side, you know, getting getting his... Um, like, Michaelia Cash is far more in the news than Josh Frydenberg, and I think that's crazy. So, um, Yeah, you had to hide for a while after delivering those Royal Commission recommendations. Perhaps. Maybe that's the strategy. Yeah. So, anyway, that's what we that's see. But, but we're seeing, as an example, this week, Scott Morrison was in 409 articles more than he usually is. That is huge. Yeah. That's the start of an election, Mikey. All right, moving on. We have got weekly graph for the party. So who, what parties are in the news? Mm. Um, I think what we see here is a pretty standard trend where the Liberal Party tends to be uh, around you know, 30 to 50% more articles than the Labor Party. As we are going into the election, I think that that is starting that gap is starting to close so typically you'll see a lot more focus on the government in power on the party in power which is the liberal party obviously but as we're coming into the election there starts to be more of an election focus a focus on the policies that both sides are putting out and you can see that the labor party is actually starting to close that gap yep so i suspect that as we come closer and closer to the election that there'll be more and more well somewhat approaching parity in the coverage um, at the moment, it's still probably around 30% more for the Liberal Party than the Labor Party. Yeah, and I think we're seeing that in another metric that we track, which is this spread of news coverage. And what we had seen previously and for the past sort of six months as a baseline was for Labor, the, the coverage was really um, condensed around Bill Shaw, around the leader. Um, mm. He was getting a huge proportion of the coverage and there weren't that many other people from the from the Labour Party who were in the news. And that was a real outlier compared to all the other parties where you had a much more even spread of coverage. For the last for the last week, what we've seen is Labour come back to the pack. Now they're having a, a majority or a, a sort of 85% of their party members actually in the news during the week. And Bill Shorten's dropping back to far below 50% of the coverage. So it's quite similar to the Liberal Party, the National Party, all of these other um, parties, the Labor Party, the coverage is looking much more similar. And I think that's, again, indicative that we are hitting electionitis and we're, um, we're going in campaign mode. All right. Uh, and then lastly, just to talk about some polls. Now, there's been a bit of movement in in various polls since we last looked at them, but some have gone up, some have gone down. So looking at the latest Ipsos polling, 
We've got the LMP on 49, ALP on 51, two-party preferred. Yep. So there's been a six-point tightening there, but in other polls you kind of see two points either way, blah, blah, blah. I think, as far as I can tell, there's no clear consensus coming out. Things are kind of tightening coming into the election, but I think that's probably to be expected. I think the, the key takeaway here, from my perspective, Andy, is it's somewhat anyone's game. You, uh, There yeah. would have been a, I think... <laughs> I mean, personally, I would have expected that having had a pretty shocking um, cycle in government, the Liberals would have been a bit on the nose, you know? You axe a leader who is relatively popular, you renege on most of your promises, release a royal commission into the banks that you said wasn't needed that shows that it was very much needed. And, And on the other side, Labor seemed to be playing it pretty pretty well so i would sort of would have expected Mm. that um labor would have be a clear favorite and to a certain extent they are a favorite in this i would say that's clear to very clear and fair to say but it's certainly Mm -hmm. anyone's game this is not a foregone conclusion no and i think the, the the takeaway here probably just looking at some odds uh labor 125 coalition 350 Mm. so Labor, still the heavy favourites, but I think that's tightened down from around $5 on the coalition. Yeah. So, you know, they're, they're a couple of points ahead. They're expected to win, but, you know, certainly enough to make this election cycle interesting. Yeah, and, and, and again, I think that also comes back to there's one thing to win, but it's another thing to win well or win big, I guess you could say. Mm. What we have seen in Australian politics for the last decade or so is that Australian public like to give a basically a tied election and then someone has to fall over the line right um yeah and and that presents its challenges in terms of governing with a mandate etc so yeah i mean let's see but it, at the moment the signs don't look that they're going to give either side a massive majority and a mandate to go and just do whatever the hell they want yeah agreed all right mikey well thanks for joining me this week i think that's probably a good place to wrap up dimension media 